Welcome to Wesley Stace's Cabinet of Wonders, live from New York City at the City Winery. Presented by Salon.com. Amber Tamblin is a beautiful name. The credit goes perhaps to her mother or her father, who starred in Tom Thumb, How the West Side Story Was Won, or Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. And though she is an actress of note, she is here with her third book of poems, a beautiful toem, Dark Sparkler, with a name almost as sonorous as her Owen. Please welcome Ramblin' Gamblin' Amber Tamblin'. His songs are too many to number. He's a master of music and rhyme. Be it cynical girl, whenever you're on my mind, little wild one, or you're my favorite waste of time. I knew I'd get him on the show. Someday, someway, hey, hey. Bow down before Marshall Crenshaw. <laughs> and the last poem tonight. Townsman. Cast your eyes on Merman. No Australian Bruce or warlike German of Russian stock. This comic, sir, like Yakov Smirnov, only funny, yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Eugene Merman. They will all be back. So excited to be here tonight. When I, was at, when I was at school, at university, I was in a play. I was uh, in a version of Midsummer Night's Dream. And uh, at the uh, university, at the theatre in the university town. And uh, Theseus in that production of Midsummer Night's Dream was played by Hugh Williams, who has since become Hugh Bonneville. And I am such a... I don't even remember whether I was Demetrius or Lysander, but I was one of the lovers... <laughs> I literally have no idea. And, that, and, and this is a memory muddled by the fact that a, a program was presented to me at some point recently by someone who was also in this, and literally there was a sticker over who was Lysander and Demetrius, because they even screwed it up in the program. And I had not put two and two together that Hugh Bonneville, the handsome actor, was the same as Hugh Williams, who was, you know, in this production of this, because, you know, there's a lot of water since that bridge, and I hadn't thought about it. And so he, we tweeted each other, and it was lovely, and he said, and I said, it's so nice to see you again after all these years. And he said, yes, wasn't I once, weren't you once pucked to my bottom? And I said... <laughs> I, and we're both married men now. Those were different, freer times with regard to bottoms and pucks. But um, this song has that line in it that he gave to me, so thanks to uh, Downtown Abbey.
Ladies and gentlemen, very rarely when a publicist sends me a writer's work and I receive the book, do I then go scurrying back and look for their previous ones. But this new book of poetry is really wonderful. It's called Dark Sparkler. Will you please welcome to the stage Amber Tamblyn. this down 57 notches um, by reading you some poems about dead actresses. Um, this is a book that took me six years to write. Um, for those of you that don't know, uh, I was and still am an actress, but uh, was a child star actress. And this was a study into the lives of um, women who died under the age of 35. Um, so I'm just going to read a couple of them for you tonight. And, uh, you know, some of them you'll recognize and some of them you won't. Untitled Actress Submission calls for an actress mid to late twenties. All ethnicities acceptable, except Asian American, Caucasian preferable. Must read teen on screen, thin but not gaunt, lean, quirky but not unattractive, no brown eyes, not taller than 5'5", five five. weight no more than 109. Actress should have great smile, straight teeth a must, must be flexible, small bust a plus, can do on stunts, will wave rights to image, likeness, publicity, final cut. Roll calls for nudity, roll calls for simulated sexual intercourse, roll calls for nudity with lead male, no stand in a veil, roll pays scale. Character is shy, yet codependent, searching for love in all the wrong men. Character confides in others at her own risk. Character's fatigued, hollow, suffers from self-doubt, a sense of worthlessness. 
Character learns the hard way to believe in herself. No brown eyes. Character finally finds happiness when she meets Brad, a successful older businessman. Five five. <laughs> Almost a true story. Logline. A woman fights to save her soul. Think, a young Carol Lombard meets a younger Anna Nicole. Requires an actress that will leave an audience speechless, who's found her creative voice, not a speaking role. <laughs> Brittany Murphy. Her body dies like a spider's. In the shower, a blooming flower seeds a cemetery. A pill lodges in the inner pocket of her flesh coat. Her breasts were the gifts of ghosts, dark tarps of success. Her mouth dribbles over onto the bathroom floor, Pollock blood. The body is removed from the red carpet, put in a black bag, taken to the mother's screams for identification. The country says good things about the body. They print the best photos, the least bones, the most peach. Candles are lit in the glint of every glam. Every magazine stand does the Southern Belle curtsy in her post box office bomb honor. The autopsy finds an easy answer. They say good things about the body. How bold her eyes were, bigger than Hepburn. The way she could turn into her camera close-up like life. Depended on her. Jane Doe. So it's clearly nobody at all. Why do you insist on wearing that sugar coat in the July of your life? Why don't you feel more like a riot? And less like the cops. I want to look you in the shards. Go down on your cliche until your taboo kabooms. What's the point of sobriety when you can be the cherry on top? When you can put confetti in the condom or pussy plop in clogs, wrap yourself in Christmas lights. Tell me what's the point of playing it safe when I can make a tambourine out of any. Two objects. Seriously, try it. Or wrestle the Ayn Rand impersonator for her flask. Or better yet, put the straw directly into the bottle, avoiding the apocalypse altogether. Tell me, what's the point of sweating the fucking details when I can just purchase the theremin online? So let's stop with the socialization charade. This life is too short, and the only way to extend it is with a skirt that's too short, and a reminder for any man's wandering eyes that I shit out of that. 
I'm not interested in going out with a bang. I'm interested in going out with your father. I want to teach you how to make origami from a page by Frank O'Hara. Fortune fuck hundred. Let's get undressed in each other's mouths. Skinny dip lips. I know what you're thinking. And you're right. That's just the revolution talking. That's just the Sunday I'm going to answer your prayers with. And this is the film I could finally get cast in. I'll leave you with this last piece. What an incredible night. Um, thank you so much for having me. Um, uh, this is an amazing show, and it's been such an honor to, um, to be here so far and to listen to it and to follow all of these incredibly talented assholes. Elizabeth Pine. I wake to the throbbing sounds of Ibiza on the television. I see bikinis eating bananas in bikinis eating the asses of other beautiful bikinis. It's a girly grind-off of tanned tibias, bronzed bombs ticking 24-hour carrot beach back backdrops. Seems like everyone's having paradise for lunch but me. I am no glowing globe of shaken gold, no leggy Cindy, Kardashian ain't. <laughs> I am the crutch apparatus of an amputee, the falsest identity, the girl next door to the girl next door. I like to dice up my eyes and sort and form a search party. We interrupt this program for breaking news. Has anyone seen this nobody? Thank you. Amber Tamblin. We bring you all kinds of pleasures, don't we? Ladies and gentlemen, will you please welcome to the stage, it's Marshall Crenshaw! Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Wes, for inviting me onto such an interesting show. I'm going to do a song now, Wes, that's a rewrite of an America song. Seriously. I mean, I realized that after I'd written this song, but I thought it's, it's, like, it's, a, it's like Horse With No Name. Just kind of slightly varied. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes, it is. And that's one of my all-time favorite songs anyway, Horse With No Name. I met those guys. They're really nice. I played a show with them, and they invited me to come out to do the encore with them. One of the guys called me on the phone, Jerry Beckley, and he said, Yeah, you know, do that, this, do that, and then you can come out and do the encore with us. We're going to start with Horse. They just call it Horse, right? Why wouldn't they? Why waste all those extra syllables? Anyway, that's my little story. And uh, give us, gonna give us some wild guitar over there, right?
Thank you, thank you. I was ordered to become a songwriter, more or less, ordered by these two guys from the Detroit area called Rick Chofi and Fred Todd, and they wrote a bunch of songs together. They, they had uh, like a real work ethic about it. They wanted to be like Chin and Chapman or Bjorn and Benny, you know, and they would punch the clock every morning and write songs. And uh, I was in... Beatlemania, this is the end of the 1970s, beginning of the early 1980s, and uh, Rick and Fred came to New York to try to make a publishing deal, and I ran into them, and uh, Rick said, are you writing any songs? And I said, no, and he goes, well, it's really easy, you, you, you should do it. And, uh, you know, he challenged me, and, I, and I, I said, well, how do you do it? And he goes, well, you know that song? When You Walk in the Room by Jackie DeShannon. I said, yeah, it's one of my all-time favorites. He goes, just rewrite that. You know, like, it starts with a guitar riff, you know. Just make up a riff, make up a verse built around the riff. Anyway, what I'm trying to get to here is that uh, this is a song of mine that's kind of like When You Walk in the Room sideways and uh, following the Rick Chofi template, and it goes like this. I think about you and forget what I've tried to be. Everything is foggy and hard to see. Well, it seems to be, but can it be a fantasy? Whenever I think about you, strangers' eyes in the crowd flash past. I walk on and think of the fate you cast. It seems to be a reverie. You're here with me, well, whenever you're on my mind, whenever you're on my mind now, I leave the world behind, whenever you're on my mind, yeah, I think about you, and I'm weak, though I'm in my prime, send my watch and still lose track of time, well, Seems to be, but can it be a fan? 
You're listening to the Cabinet of Wonders on Salon.com. I'm Wesley Stace. Ladies and gentlemen, will you please welcome to the stage the Cabinet's youngest and oldest friend, Eugene Mama! Hello! How are you guys? Yeah, that is the lukewarm energy of an NPR crowd that I just crave. Any more energy and I think that you were not yourselves. You want, if you want a slogan, it's passively enjoying things. It's yours. Use it the next time at a nice supper with buddies or family. All righty. Any questions so far? Oh, well-informed and quiet. That's what I love. Um, I'll I'll tell you some stories. I have a thing that happens to me now, which is that whenever I am in a store, people assume I work there across the board. I was at the public market in Milwaukee a few weeks ago, at the Spice Market. You're welcome. Um, and someone came up to me and pointed at Himalayan salts and was like, uh, what, what can you do with this? And I was like, oh, well, you can grill on the slabs. And then they were like, oh, is it, this a salt substitute? And I'm like, oh, no, it's salt. It's something. It's the purest form. 
And then, and then they're like, oh, how much is it? And then I realize, oh, you think I work here, not just I'm a Himalayan salt aficionado. I was very close to being like, you can have everything you see for $18. I thought like, you should talk to the lady. The time that it happened that was the best and uh, most surprising was that last summer I was in Rome in Italy in a shoe store that was like, not Foot Locker because it sold dress shoes, but not fancy, like just like sad dress shoes. And... Uh, and I'm standing there, and uh, a woman in Italian says, says, mumble, 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 and points to some shoes. I can't, I don't know how to, I don't speak Italian, so I can't even say I don't speak Italian. I can say I don't speak Italian in English, I can say it in Russian. I'm not going to help this lady. Uh, she's pointing at shoes and speaking Italian, and I, so in English, I, I just like, I don't speak Italian, and then... To my surprise, she uh, switches to English and goes, how much are these shoes? She's like, you definitely work here. I don't care that you don't speak the language of this country. There's no way, sir, you don't work here. And then I was like, mm, $35? $35 doodles? I don't even know what your lira? It's probably... Euros by now, by now, then. <laughs> I was seven years old. No. Uh, um, another thing happened to me where I, um, I, uh, so I rented a car. Uh, yeah, I'm 25. Maybe more. Uh, and I got into a car accident on the highway with a semi truck. I had the same reaction. Uh, the good news is it was only at seven miles an hour. <laughs> I was changing lanes and I, I was, uh, I was like, I think I'm in the lane. And the truck was like, I disagree. <laughs> and the truck hit me quite firmly, though slowly. And we both pulled over and, uh, then we got out of our cars to, uh, be angry and yell at each other. <laughs> well, uh, the, the truck driver got out and he was like, Look where you're going! You don't get you can't buy you're coming off and he's screaming and I uh I totally disagree with him, but I was not gonna match his energy. So he's yelling like you cut me off and look where you're going and then I look at him and I just go No He was terrified. He was like, I don't know what this energy is, but I do not like it. We then were, we decided to exchange information, and uh, his favorite restaurant, Panera. I have, I have his cell phone now. I could, I could be like, hey, you want to see uh, Age of Ultron? And uh, this is Eugene from the car accident. <laughs> he went to his truck, and he got a binder full of everything he needed, and I went to my rental car and started looking through the glove compartment, kind of like a kitty cat, like just... I don't know what I'm looking for, and uh, I'm holding stuff up for him. Like you think this is <laughs> like I might like I might as well have been holding up like just like shoelaces and wet chicken and be like, is this what you need? So I don't know what I'm doing. He definitely had a look of like, hey, how'd you get a car? 
I called the car rental co- company and I was like, oh, what's my registration? And they're like, your, your rental agreement. And so I gave it to them and we copied everything down. Then a state trooper came. This was very nice. Uh, he, was, he was wonderful. Uh, he came and he filled out a bunch of stuff. He made an accident report. Then a guy who I think owned the truck company came who looked like a, just like a really muscular Danny DeVito. He came. And then, and I left. Um, I mean, I asked, I asked the policeman if I could go. I didn't just go like, I'm an artist and this is boring. <laughs> I asked if I could leave and he was like, sure. Um, so that's, that's, oh, and then, uh, a few weeks later, the car rental company called me because they go through the whole accident and they have you describe it. And uh, they ask you two questions at the end. And they are, uh, were you under the influence and were you distracted? And I couldn't help it because I was like, well, I don't know if it would matter, but uh, I, uh, I took PCP. <laughs> and so I did experience a loss of ego boundaries. And I was watching Backdraft. Do you think that would have any effect on driving on the highway? And that is why you get insurance. Uh, so there's a... So um, where, we record, where we record Bob's Burgers uh, in the bathroom... The floor is shared with, I think, a com- computer company. And in the bathroom, there's like signs that remind you to not pee everywhere. And if you do, to mop it up or something which I think is quite unnecessary because of how I know to not pee everywhere already. (laughs) But I really like it, and I like that you could put up a sign in a bathroom with information. I think that's really fun. And you know how in restaurants, uh, in the bathroom in a restaurant, it'll always have a thing that the little sign says, like, employees must wash hands. And uh, so one thing that I've started doing is making little signs and putting them in bathrooms of restaurants all around New York City. The thing is, is I I kind of had a thing where I was like, I want people to think this is official, you know, and I was sort of like, what would make people think like it's not a crazy person, but this is the restaurant and they really need you to do this. And I decided that that line was lamination, That, that no one would think that somebody would buy a laminating machine as a joke, which is why I bought a laminating machine as a joke. So I have been going around, and you will easily see these in uh, restaurants all around the city, um, and making nice laminated signs with other stuff I'd like people to do. And so here are some of the signs. Please do not flush socks down toilet. Please wash feet before returning to work. Do not use your cell phone ever again. Walk out of here crying and ask for a lawyer. This I've left and I won't say where, but in Park Slope. Your child is being raised wrong. the fury of local parents. It's normal to feel Jewish, even if you're not. Divorce is not an option. Don't let your mom control you. Who doesn't want to see that in a bathroom? And a favorite, uh, there are officially no more snakes here. 
<laughs> just, just the idea that someone's like, I didn't, I never thought there were. Well, there aren't. Good. Were there? Mm, I don't know. There aren't any now. Uh, all right. Uh, that's a lot of what I was going to say. Thank you very much. Oh, what? Oh, one more thing. I don't know if I have a thing, but uh, this is a thing that happened. I should crouch for this joke. The incredible physical comedy of Eugene Mother. Um, I, uh, I was in Boston, and I had to make a, uh, an hour-long call on a landline to New York City. Uh, I was in a hotel, and I didn't know how much it would cost, because normally I use a cell phone, but I had to use a landline. And when I was checking out, I was like, uh, oh, how much, uh, how much was my phone call? And uh, the, person, the woman at the desk was like, oh, it was $66. That's crazy. That would be reasonable if that's how much it cost the day after they invented the phone. Then you'd be like, that sounds like magic. Sure. I'll do that. You can even marry my firstborn. That's crazy. If a hotel wants money that badly, then they should just charge to use, like, the bathroom in your hotel room. I've certainly been in situations where I really need to use a bathroom, and I'll go into a business, and they're like, I'm sorry, it's for customers only, and I'll be like, fine, I'll have a Honda Civic. <laughs> I, I pee at car dealerships only. All right, thank you very, very much. Good night. Eugene Merman. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get Alec Gounsworth back on here. I think Sarah Borges, gorgeous Sarah Borges might be there. I've written a new song specially for this evening, not I Really Like You by Carly Rae Jepsen. But this one.
got two encores tonight. Most of the time we only have one. Our cabinet has now ended. These, our actors, as I foretold you, are all spirits and are melted into air, thin air, and like the baseless fabric of this Vivian Westwood suit. The brilliant songs, the thought-provoking readings and poems, the surly comics, the great city winery itself, yea, all which it inherit, shall dissolve, and like this insubstantial pageant faded, leave not a guitar pick behind. We are such stuff as dreams are made on, and our little life, I wrote this, is rounded... And our little life is rounded with a sleep. Ladies and gentlemen, the cabinet is closed.
Good night.